Welcome to another episode of Pop Law Podcast. I am your host, Desiree, and I'm still not your attorney. We are back with another episode of the interview series, and we are celebrating Black Music Month. I'm so excited about this. Black Music Month is the highlight, but Black Music is 365. Uh, Today we are have another special guest and we are going to get into podcast agreements. This is something that the audience has asked us for for a long time. So now we're going to dive deep into it. We have a special guest, as I said, on this episode. And let me introduce her to you all. Candace K. Stevenson is a former entertainment attorney turned music business and licensing executive. She is the founder of Posh Rebel Entertainment, a music business, music licensing, and content production consulting company. Her focus areas are music business management consulting, copyright licensing, and clearances. Candace's experience spans the areas of music management, music publishing, business affairs for original content creation, licensing, and music clearances for television and digital media. Candace has worked for companies such as ABC News and Spotify. The list of projects she has worked on includes, but is not limited to, Good Morning America, Nightline, World News Tonight with David Muir, Love and Hip Hop New York, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, Love and Hip Hop Hollywood, Spotify's Original Sessions, Rap Caviar, Viva Latino, and Hot Country Enhanced Playlist. The podcast, Noisemakers, and Snapchats versus the World Series. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Candace to the show. Hi, Desiree. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming on. I'm so excited to have you. This is really perfect timing. We um, had a lot of hoopla in the media about podcasts, and so many people have been starting podcasts over the past couple of years. And it's Black Music Month, so... I can't wait to talk about podcast agreements and your transition to the music business side. You are smart and got out of the legal side of things. <laughs> I mean, being a lawyer is fun, being a lawyer is fun but I, um, I think it's a little overrated. This side is definitely more exciting. <laughs> well, I can't wait. Soon I am going to follow in your footsteps and make that transition. But for now... I'm a lawyer, but not y'all a lawyer. So let's hop right into it. What is a podcast agreement? So pretty much when you are creating any original content, you are the owner of that content, right? So if I record a song, I am the copyright owner of the song. If I am recording a video content, I am the copyright owner. If I'm recording a podcast, which is just an audio only original content piece, I am the copyright owner. The podcast agreement is when you're determining who you will give permission, like how your podcast is going to be distributed, whether or not it's going to be on a certain platform, if you are creating it on behalf of someone else, um, or what sort of terms you may be licensing your podcast for. So pretty much I think anyone who's in the space of creating a a podcast should look at it the same way you would look at any original video content that you're creating. You are the owner of it, unless you are being commissioned to to create it for someone else. And then the agreement just talks about what sort of parameters you are giving another person or platform to have over your podcast, right? Are you creating it for them? Are you creating it on behalf of them? Are you only licensing your podcast to them? Are you in some sort of a partnership where you own it, where you own 50-50? 
there are lots of different ways that you can go about distributing your podcast and getting it out there. But that's basically the gist of what the agreement is about. So what is the most popular type of podcast agreement? Is it a licensing type of agreement or people creating podcasts for someone else? I mean, there's both, right? So if a company reaches out to you and asks you to create your the podcast for them, like Spotify, Audible, those sort of platforms are creating a lot of podcasts and those are intentional, right? So they'll reach out to a content creator or even a production company and say, we want to create this podcast for this specific, specific topic or the production company may reach out to the platform. It's pretty similar to how original, like how video content is created. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also have a lot of like individuals who are just creating their own podcasts and sort of distributing it on different platforms. I would say the most popular agreement now is just a distribution agreement where you, you upload your podcast, there are terms and conditions that you, you click through, which means you're given this platform permission to distribute your content on there and you're agreeing to their terms. What most podcast creators would like to happen is that they, those podcasts get gets picked up by the platform and then they enter into a direct deal with the platform where it's like, okay, now we're going to specifically commission for you to make. What most podcast creators would like to happen is that you distribute your, your podcast on a platform and then um, the podcast picks up, the platform sort of reaches out to you or you enter into some deal where they commission a certain number of episodes or seasons from you. Because that's when the big bucks sort of come in, right? That's when you can decide about, that's when they're going to pay you at a certain amount of money for you to commit, for you to create the podcast. You can talk about whether or not you're going to get a piece of advertising revenue and all of that stuff. Okay. Yeah. So how does this work? So you already having the podcast and um, the company wants to put your show on their network. So is that more of a licensing type of deal since you already are the owner of the show well there are two ways that that can work you can license it to the company or you can enter into a a deal for your backlog like your your prior episodes um a lot of times the company will obviously commission new episodes but then they'll have a deal that says that maybe your prior episodes will also need to be on the on the platform as well licensing just means that you you continue to own the content right you own the content and they have the, the right to have it on the platform forever long the licensing term is. So you can license it to them for two years, three years, 10 years, whatever it is. And it just says that you still remain the owner. They're going to pay you a fee to distribute the content, even if you're going to create new episodes. But you remain the owner. You're just like giving them permission to use it. Or you can enter a deal where even if your podcast already exists, you are they're now acquiring ownership of new episodes or even the back episodes. Mm-hmm. in exchange for whatever fee they negotiate with you. Okay, and are most of these deals uh, exclusive? I think now a lot of companies are leaning towards exclusivity because people are trying to win the podcast game. So I think yeah. <laughs> initially, like maybe, I want to say five years ago when podcasting was still relatively new, companies didn't really catch on to it. So, I mean, Apple had a ton of podcasts and I don't think many of them or exclusive, whereas now companies are trying to get audience on their platform by making sure that their podcasts are exclusive. I think exclusivity hurts the the podcast creator unless you're getting a ton of money for that exclusivity. So with these exclusivity terms and podcast agreements, is the exclusivity for the person as the talent or host of the show or is it 
or is the exclusivity for the episodes to only be on that platform? The exclusivity is for whatever you've negotiated for. Mm-hmm. So with with podcast deals, they're similar. I'm going to say this several times throughout this podcast that they're very similar to any sort of deal you would enter into for your original content. It is basically what you negotiate, right? So yes, there are yes. deals where the content itself is exclusive to the platform. Mm-hmm. There are deals where both the content and the host are exclusive to the platform. <laughs> right? So you can't host another podcast of that caliber for a competitor. Um, there are deals where just the podcast is exclusive and the host may not be tied to it. But it really depends on what you negotiate for. So I would say if you have a podcast, you sort of should sit down with your team or with yourself if you don't have a team and determine what it is that you want to get out of a deal if one is is presented to you. Do you like are you just creating this content by yourself? Do you have talent that's attached to it? Is a talent does the talent need to be attached to it? Mm-hmm. Think about the sort of deal that you want. Don't just wait for a company to give you a deal and then you take whatever they have on the table. You need to know what it is that you want as well. What is your goal for your show? Um, does it benefit you for it to be exclusive on a, on a specific platform? If it right. does, is there a specific platform that you would benefit more from? Right. So you have to think yeah. about how the deal is going to benefit you and your podcast and how it's going to propel your podcast forward. It's not just about what the company's offering because like any deal these are all negotiable right (laughs) so how do uh podcast deals look when the company reaches out to you uh to join a show that's already existing or a new show that they want you to be a part of and i'm assuming in that sense they own the show you mean when they reach out to you as like talent for a podcast as a talent for a podcast um there are lots of ways that can be negotiated. So you can negotiate for a per episode fee. You can mm-hmm. try to negotiate for a percentage of advertising revenue, depending on how big of a talent you, you think you are and how much leverage you have. You can negotiate for approval over, some, over the episodes before they're aired. You can ask for, you know, let me not drop too many gems. Otherwise, people won't have a reason to hire me. Right. <laughs> Give them a little bit, not everything. <laughs> If I am a person who already has a show and I am going and the network comes to me and they want to pick up the show, mm-hmm. um, what are the important provisions for them to look at in this agreement with the network? Yes, you want to look at the exclusivity. You want to look at, you want to pay a lot of attention to the terms. You want to, as a content creator, you want to make sure that you still have creative control mm-hmm. or you have as much creative control as is necessary for your podcast to still maintain the integrity of of what it is that you've created, right? You don't want to sell something to a network or license something to a network where you've created it to look like one thing. And now you have all these executives who are going to come in and say, you know, we want your show to look like this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which may not align with your brand at all. You want to be mindful of your name being attached to to the show and what that means, right? If you're, if the podcast is the Candace Stevenson show or whatever it is, yeah. you want to, you want to make sure that you still own that title, right? You never want to give away the rights to anything that has your name in it. Yeah. 
especially if you're not going to be attached to it, especially if the terms may say that you're, you're not always going to be attached to it, because next thing you know, you can have, you enter into the deal, which every deal is beautiful when you first enter into it. They're talking <laughs> right. pain, everyone's excited, you have this new deal. And then a year or two years in, the relationship may start to sour. You may not get along with the company. They may, you know, you may not see eye to eye on, on how you want your podcast to go. They may decide that it's not working out. You may decide that it's not working out. And you want to make sure that if that happens, the deal doesn't say that they can continue to have this podcast with your name on it. And you're just not attached to it at all. And you have no control over it. Yeah, I think those are definitely uh, important points, especially when your name is attached to this podcast uh, or whatever you create. So then if you are commissioned as talent by a company to come on a new or existing show, what provisions then would you look at as a content creator or the talent of the show? So if you're, you're asking if you're just talent coming onto a show, what's important to you? I think as talent, you have to think about what, what does your brand represent, right? Mm -hmm. You need to always make sure you understand who you are as a talent and what you represent. And when you go sit down in front of any deal, whether it's for a podcast, whether it's for an influencer agreement or anything, you have to make sure, one, that it aligns with your brand and two, that whatever, like wherever your vision is for your brand in the next five years, 10 years, or even next year, that the terms of that deal is going to align with that, right? So if you want to, if you are doing, if you want to be a host of a podcast now, but your goal is to do TV in a year, right? Mm -hmm. You want to make sure that there aren't any, any language in that deal that's going to prevent you from doing that. If you, if you're a Christian person and you are a host, right, and you want to make sure that you're not aligned with any anything secular, right, anything that may deter your brand, it could be anything. Like, I, that's, right. That's I think as a as talent, that's what you should focus on, like understanding who you are as mm -hmm. a brand and making sure that any deal that you enter into one aligns with who you are, and then of course your other provisions that you should pay attention to. But I'm gonna say that you can hire me for that. Or hire, yes. hire a consultant to go over the business terms. Of course, also hire a lawyer. Um, and you, sh you shouldn't try to negotiate those deals on your own. Yeah, it seems like these deals are pretty uh, complicated, particularly now that podca the podcast industry is growing so much. So I definitely recommend not doing it on your own. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that was really important what you put out. Double check if there's any restrictions that prevent you from creating any other type of content, not just related solely to podcasting. So that's something I think a lot of people probably wouldn't have considered or brushed over if they read it as a lay person. And also money is important. So pay attention to how you are getting paid. If you are only getting paid per episode, if you're getting a percentage of sponsorships, if you're getting a percentage of like brand integration. Pay attention to these things. Understand yeah. what it means. Yeah, definitely. So do different, do podcast deals, whether you're being hired as talent or your own show, do they look different if there's multiple people on the show? So, you know, previously my show had, um, it was me and another host and there's shows that have multiple people as hosts. Do those deals look different between the host of the shows 
it can again i'm going to say deals are as good as you as the person negotiating them right? <laughs> yeah so they can so you can have a deal for a show with with three or four hosts and maybe the primary host has a better deal mm -hmm. than the other the other host and that's not unusual the same for you know a tv show you may have a tv show and the star of the show is going to have a different deal than the co-star yeah but if you have multiple hosts of your show i think it's important for you all to sit down and decide among yourselves what it is that you are okay with and be very transparent about it so you don't end up in some sort of rift later on right where you feel like one one person isn't pulling yeah. their weight and they're probably getting too much of the revenue or they're being you know you're splitting an episodic fee with them so understand what you each bring to the table and be very very honest and open with your your host your co-host about how you want to enter the deal sometimes if one person procures the deal they may be attached to the show and the other host may may not be attached and what do you mean by um being attached to the show for people who don't understand that so let's say we have a podcast together right you and i yeah. are hosting the podcast and i go out and i go and i get a deal from audible uh -huh. And because I'm the one that, you know, I go and I meet with the folks Audible, I negotiate with them or I bring my team in, we're negotiating with them. And this is podcast S X hosted by Candace and CoStar, right? Mm -hmm. I might be in that, in that agreement as the host of the, of the show. And then maybe I just have a secondary agreement with you for you to be my co-host. So as far as Audible is concerned, I am the one that is going to be the host of the show and whoever the co-hosts are is going to be determined by me so you and i may have a great relationship at the time and i say okay great desiree you're going to be my co-host and yeah. then six months from now i decide mm, never mind yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're not attached to that deal with audible so that's okay <laughs> right and and just to be clear for further um i guess if people need anything else Candace commissioned the deal. Only her deal is with Audible. My deal is between me and her. So to Audible, I'm nobody. So she can fire me at any time. Exactly. I'm not attached to the show. Yeah, I think that's definitely a great point and uh, something that a lot of people don't realize. They just see these couple of hosts on the show, but don't know the back end. And so that was a great explanation of how these deals could also work. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's talk about money. We talked a little bit about it briefly, how shows, uh, can make money. You mentioned ad revenue or brand revenue. How does that work a little bit more? Most people think you just, if you, your show is commissioned by, um, you know, a large platform, you just get a check for a certain amount, which could be it. And ad revenue, maybe, uh, can you talk a little bit about getting paid for podcasting yes so i'm going to say that um there are lots of different ways that you can get paid for a podcast right the most mm -hmm. obvious is if you you license the podcast and you get paid a licensing fee or if you are being commissioned to create the podcast you get paid an episodic fee but with every deal there are lots of different ways that you can get in there and carve out different avenues of revenue with a con with um with a platform you can carve out part of the ad revenues you can carve out i'm gonna leave it there i'm just gonna say that there are lots of different revenues that you can mm -hmm. carve out um there's ad there's brand sponsorship there you know 
whatever you negotiate for. So I would say, look, understand the plot. Here's what I will say. Understand the platform, how they get paid and where their money is coming from mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. figure out how important you are to them. Right. And how much value your show is actually bring into the platform. And then ba- once you have done that, you can determine where it's reasonable for you to ask for a portion of additional revenues. The bottom line is know your worth. Right. And exactly. So- You get what you negotiate, as you said earlier. What are some of your favorite podcasts? Um, My favorite podcast right now and has been for like the last three years is the Joe Budding podcast. Well, before all of the drama recently. Okay. I've actually never listened to it. I heard it was good. But then when the drama happened, I followed uh, that a little bit. And then I just got so many DMs about people from people asking us to cover it and I said not too much because I didn't do the deal but let's talk about podcasting and podcasting agreements as a whole yeah I really enjoyed that podcast when it had the original team with one not the, the original team was him and I think a woman but once oh. they had the team with him and Mal and Worry because it felt to me as if I was just like sitting down the barbershop conversation okay and it was nice for me to have a male perspective on so many different topics. You know, I love music and it was nice for me to hear a different perspective of music and relationships and just life from, from these very different personalities. So I really enjoyed it. And I hope that they can work out their differences because I would love to see that team together again, doing the show. Okay. Well, I mean, here's to hope, hoping, (laughs) I don't know, sometimes. And I think that goes back to what you're saying. I don't know who did what, 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 if you know Maul and Rory, is that their names? Mm-hmm. If they had their d- deals with Spotify, or if they had their deals with Joe, but basically know the business, right? Pretty much. <laughs> um, another one that I really like is I like Oprah's Super Soul Sunday conversations. Mm-hmm. I've been really into spirituality lately, and she has amazing interview series with so many phenomenal spiritual leaders. Um, Deepak Chopra, Eckhart Tolle, and they're really short episodes. They're about 15 to 20 minutes each, but they're just so, they're jam-packed with so much powerful insight. Mm -hmm. So I've been listening to that. Well, I think those are two really good ones, and hopefully your first favorite comes back in some capacity. (laughs) Um, So what's, so I've been noticing a lot of podcast network pop up um and i'm i'm not really sure what the difference is and what they do versus what a audible or a spotify does is there any difference between the two types of companies yeah i think with the popularity of podcasts in the recent years like the last i would say the last two years or so a lot of companies uh, began to capitalize on them and they started these, these podcast networks and they look very different so the ones that i've seen they the deals are very different. There's some that you, you sign to them. They may help you to create your podcast. They'll give you access to their studio. And then they are responsible for distributing your, plat- your podcast on, on platforms. There are others where um, you, your podcast, like maybe you create your podcast yourself. You enter into a, a deal with them. They pay you X amount of money. And they own the rights to your podcast. And then they can distribute it. I would say to be very mindful of the type of deal you're entering into and, and make sure it's a reputable company, right? 
there i think mm-hmm. iheart recently started a, a podcast network as well but then there are there are lots of other little companies that have like popped up and said that they're a podcast network and some of them even require that you pay them oh wow <laughs> <laughs> and so i think with any industry people have seen the amount of money that podcasts is generated in the last couple of years and so you have some companies that are legitimately trying to enter the space and figuring out how to how to create um create a an avenue for for individuals who want to create this this content that haven't access to a studio have you know a production team be able to have it dis- distributed but then you also have companies that are predatory mm-hmm. in nature who say who realize okay everyone and their mom wants to have a podcast how can we capitalize on this without really giving much value like i said there are there's some podcast networks that will require that you pay them and maybe they'll give you access to their studio maybe not maybe you have to pay for studio time as well and then what they'll say is that they'll distribute your podcast to some of the platforms but with tools like anchor you don't really need that you can distribute yeah. your podcast yourself <laughs> so i would say be very very mindful of every company that pops up and comes to you and says that they're a podcast network and they want to they want to take ownership of your podcast because they're going to help you distribute or whatever it is that they say they're distribute and get ad revenue i remember someone um had started a small podcast network and then they wanted to actually pick up a pop wall a while ago we ultimately decided not to do it but you know they must not have done a lot of research on the show and we are attorneys. So I looked at that agreement and I'm like, you're crazy. Plus wanting 30% of everything that's coming in. I'm like, bye. What, what were they going to offer you in exchange for that? Growing the podcast audience. No, with the power of social media, I can do some Facebook ads and grow it. <laughs> but this is for fun and educational and um, it's not something that I'm looking to do. So yeah, that that was really interesting um, at that time. So it, I've seen those predatory <laughs> podcast <laughs> network agreements for people who aren't necessarily um, playmakers in the space. Yeah, so let's sum up what we talked about about podcast agreements. They're they're essentially uh, audio entering deals if they are just the host or talent um, of a podcast. If they are being commissioned by a podcast network or if they're licensing their show. So um, any final wrap up points that we um, want to talk about here? Yes. I want to say if you are a content creator, if you're creating a podcast, especially if you want it to grow and to live somewhere, if you're trying to license it out or eventually get picked up, be very mindful of the type of content you're putting in your podcast. You want to make sure you don't have infringing content in your podcast as well. So be mindful of music use audio clips mm-hmm. um if you're using images as your um your episode picture yeah it's like that make sure that you only use an assets that you own or that you've licensed to use right because a lot of people will say well i'm just a small podcast this is not going to get picked up so i'll use this rihanna song but then what happens if it does what happens if it's your if it's your best episode, it goes viral. And that's the reason why everyone wants to come and listen. And now the episode is not, you can't use it anymore because you have infringing content on it. Yeah. Even worse, you have a lawsuit for the infringing content that you can't afford to, to defend. Right. Oh, Lord. <laughs> and we are, we're not litigators. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Putting that out there. 
<laughs> so I want to say be mindful of that when you're creating your content. Have fun with it. And if you are entering into any sort of deal, make sure that you hire the right team, right? You hire a lawyer, you can hire a business consultant like myself, you can find people who have done similar deals to make sure that you are you're not signing anything that's going to be detrimental to you in the long run. Every line in your contract matters. Every line. Yes. Every line matters. <laughs> a big tidbit. So if you don't understand, hire somebody who does. And also, it's not even the things that, because sometimes people say, well, you know, I can read and write. I can read the contract. But it's what you don't know to offer, to ask for. Right? It's what you don't know. It's yeah. if you don't know that it's standard to ask for X, Y, Z, or that it's standard to, have, to not have this specific restriction. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't do property, right? That's why if I'm going to buy a house, <laughs> I would hire a lawyer or somebody else who is an expert in that because I don't know what a mortgage agreement should have versus what it shouldn't have. Even though I was a lawyer, even though I do deals all the time, you have to know what your, your area of expertise is. And be, be very realistic about that. Don't just think, well, you know, I'm smart. I create content. I know what I want. I can read this deal. Because you may find out a year later or two years later that that provision that you thought was straightforward is not straightforward. Or maybe you left a ton of money on the table because you didn't know that it was standard for you to ask for certain things. Yeah. Industry standards. That's what I always tell people. You can't. And I, and I always use this example. And sorry, but I, personal injury attorneys, I'm like, you can't hire a personal injury attorney <laughs> to do your music agreement because they want to get into the music business. They don't know industry standards. Exactly. (laughs) But since we talked about music, tell us a little bit more about your music consulting uh, business and the type of agreements that you work on. So basically what I do is I work with either content creators, music managers, or talent to help them navigate the business side of of their, their business, right? So I work with production companies to do um, either music licensing or to help them understand the terms that they should be going for when they're dealing with talent or when they're incorporating music into their production. I work with talent to help them understand the business terms in their agreement, um, when to hire a lawyer, when to hire an accountant. A lot of people in the space, both as talent, as music managers, or as production companies, um, they're good at their craft, right? They, they're good at the creative side. And sometimes they hire a lawyer or other professionals prematurely, mm-hmm. right? So there, um, I had a friend of mine recently who called me and was like, yeah, he has a distribution company and his clients are asking all sorts of questions that's not really aligned with what he does. And I think the same thing happens on the legal side. Me being a former lawyer, a lot of people will hire a lawyer and ask them every single question. And the truth is, your business manager should know this. Your, yeah. not your, your, your personal team should have the answer to these questions. They should understand how to strategize for you, how to, they should know the business terms of your agreement and what, what it is that you want. And it saves you money on your legal fees because everything is not what you should be taking to a lawyer. So that's, mm. I work with them. I go through their deals. We strategize. We come up with like the best principles for them. We sit down and talk about what it is that they want out of their career, and then we negotiate the deals on that on their behalf. And I also do music sample licensing. So I've done samples for Daddy Yankee. 
Nancy Natasha. And that's pretty straightforward. If you want to use someone's song in your new song, you have to get it cleared. And so you can come to my company and we will go out and find the copyright owners, negotiate the terms of the sample and get you permission okay. to use it. And then I do music licensing for original content. And uh, for those who don't know, what is uh, music licensing? Music licensing is if you want to, I, with the example I gave earlier about creating a podcast and using other people's IP, if you want to use someone else's music in your production, whether it's a video production or audio podcast, you need permission for that. So you need yeah. to figure out who the copyright owners are, go out to them, get a license to use it. And that's what my company does as well. We will find the copyright owners for you, negotiate the terms, get you permission to use that content. Yeah, I think this is all great and definitely needed. Um, you know, there's so many new artists and whether they're putting out their own music on the independent level or if they are at labels and, you know, it's preferred for them to have outside representation and not necessarily uh, use all of the label resources, depending on how those deals are structured. So you are a great resource and having that legal background is a plus too. Well, I think it's important, even if you are signed to a label, to have your own representative because the label's representative works for the company. Right. And you are, no matter how close you are with your label and how well the relationship is going, their representatives represent their interests first and yours yep. secondarily. Exactly. And that's what a lot of people forget or don't even think about. Until it's too late, right? Until the relationship right. has gone sour and they're like, well, the label... Rep said this. Yes, the label's rep. Who was your rep? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. I know we have stories and stories about this, but we won't go into that. Um, so where can people reach you if they want to talk about podcast agreements or anything related to the music business and need your services? You can go to my website. It's www.poshrebelent.com. And hit me up on social media. I am the Posh Rebel on every social platform. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge and experience with the listeners. Um, we gave them just enough for them to succeed. And obviously, if you need help, reach out to uh, Candace or me in some capacity, and we'll see how we can um, be of service to you. Thank you so much for having me, Desiree. Thank you so much for coming on. So, you guys, that was another episode of the interview series. I was so excited to have Candace come on. I know you guys have been asking about podcast agreements for such a long time. So glad that we were able to finally give you um, an in-depth look at the different types of podcast agreements that are out there. Um, be sure to celebrate Black Music Month. I hope you had a wonderful Juneteenth. It is now a federal holiday. We are now waiting on our reparations. So <laughs> hopefully those come soon. Um, pay off my student loans and we're good. Listen, I'll take it. <laughs> Zero balance on the loans and I'm good. <laughs> Amen to that. Please remember to check out Poplaw Podcast at poplawpodcast.com, Poplaw Podcast on all social media. And this episode can be found on all platforms. Until next time, I am Desiree. And please remember, I am not your attorney. Me neither. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>